Modi Moody Modi Moody 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 sit at the beginning of the NBA season here on this Los Angeles Lakers podcast we are reacting to the fact that the Lakers have started 0-2 are we looking to trade Russell Westbrook yet no not at all no exactly no no we don't want to trade Russ yet but there's a couple surprises out there right now and I mean it's it really seems like the temperature of the league right now is if you're playing your first night opener at home, you know, like your team's just going to be hotter than usual. It seems. Mostly. I think what's going on right now in terms of Russell Westbrook is just, this is what happens every single year. (laughs) Yeah, he's kind of gotten to this this theme of where he starts pretty rough and then he gets uh, he gets going hot. Uh, I have no reason uh, to want to trade him at all whatsoever. Uh, this was never going to look great right away. Um, I'm pretty sure I've already mentioned that before. This was never going to come out the gates just looking like unstoppable. Uh, it's going to take time to develop. Uh, once it does develop, that's when it's going to be deadly. That's when people are going to be regretting what they're saying right now. And Westbrook, he has that theme where it mm-hmm. takes time to get into shape and uh, really, well, not really get into shape, just to get in, I guess, the mode, the mode that he needs to be in to, to really impact winning. And as far as the other teams go, I mean, really what's impressive is Giannis just coming out and murking the Nets. Uh, the Bucks looked incredible against the Nets opening night. And mm-hmm. then... Obviously, they turn around and they get spanked by Miami. I uh, Miami know. did a number on them. Uh, so that was kind of an interest, uh, interesting dichotomy, dichotomy uh, between the two situations there. But you have other teams that did good last year that are doing good as well right now to start. Like uh, Atlanta is looking pretty good. Everyone's talking about them being like the, the deepest team in the whole league in terms of what they have on their bench Ooh, and what they the can do. Deepest team in the league? A lot of people are saying that. Wow. I don't know. So I it's been, it's been a fun start to the season is what I'm getting at. Though. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's yeah. it's no not short of drama whatsoever. Um, it's It's been entertaining. There's still some bullshit calls happening, but I think for the most part, the flow of the game is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm excited. I've had a lot of fun this week watching basketball. Um, like I said, the Lakers are starting off a little rough. It's fine. LeBron looks fucking incredible. Incredible. That's <laughs> undisputable. Anthony Davis looks good. He needs to work out some kinks, but LeBron just, good God. Like, I can't believe people are still talking shit. 
Yeah, I agree with both of that. I mean, I feel like what LeBron is trying to do right now is just kick the team into gear because, yes, the rest of the team has been lagging outside of Davis and LeBron. Davis just looks like he's getting warmed up as well, too. He's just taking aggressive shots. And, like, we both know that once he gets more comfortable, he's going to start taking a lot more mid-ranges. And you know what? His mid-range... He has been hitting mid-rangers, though. I know, and that's what's He's been hitting just pull up. He just needs that confidence again. He only needs to pull up from mid-range, though. He can't be pulling up from three because I feel like he's just... He can't do that effectively. If he spots up for three and like catches like a you know like a a corner spot up or something for three, I feel like he can be close to a forty percent shooter. I would think if he finally would like get used like that in the Lakers' offense instead of just floating around the fifteen foot range, you know, because his form looks good, he can definitely extend his range to three. We definitely know that he has the ability to make stepbacks, but when it's from that range, he just needs to be you know, set up Mm -hmm. and that's what LeBron can be ultimately for him. And Russ too, like those two players right there, automatically their entire careers, they've been able to do that effectively. So Davis can teams apart. Oh no. I'm just like the Russ pick and the Russ and AD pick and roll has had moments where I'm like, Oh God, once that gets fucking worked out all the way. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Once that chemistry builds before them too, that is just, Oh, that's going to be so filthy. They've had a couple moments where I'm just like, that's over. <laughs> it's over. Once this is clicking 100%, it is over. That's why I we say that as I'm wearing my LeBron jersey right now. Oh, man. See, I got my CJ McCollum jersey hanging up right now, and that's just a whole different story. It's just funny how we'll, we'll get the Portland. Life is. <laughs> what we'll is there really to the talk Portland. about, though? I mean, uh, well, I feel like a lot of people are just having such, they want to have a caustic reaction to what this Lakers team was going to do win or lose. I feel like if they were winning, people would be like, this is unsustainable. We've never seen like if Carmelo Anthony has started off hot, let's say like he had like 18 points in two, the two games that the Lakers had, you know, like people would probably be like, Oh, Melo's just seamlessly fitting right in, but he's going to regress to the mean because we know this is just a bit above what he's given the last few seasons, you know, like, and There'd the thing about no Melo, right though, is, is Melo in the first few games is playing a big role as well, and he will continue to play a big role, but also they got guys out right now that that are good depth pieces, and that's Melo is probably getting an extra few minutes, and he's actually going to get for the whole length of the season and the playoffs. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. Melo's going to be a shooter for them, undoubtedly. He's already been a shooter for them, but you got Taylor Hart and Tucker out. You got Kendrick Nunn out. Uh, you got Trevor Ariza out. I mean, these are guys that are also going to be getting minutes when they're when they're back and they're healthy. So Melo's probably getting a few more than he's actually going to get, but he's looked good. And like you said, I'm sure people would be talking shit about that as well. But all in all, this team's scary when you think about it. <laughs> they just got to get it together. Uh, yeah. I don't know what's going on with AD and Howard. It looked like Howard, AD had oh, something to yeah. say to him and Howard just wouldn't turn around and talk to him. AD actually put his hands on him, which was pretty crazy. Uh, so I don't know what's going on there and what needs to be done to work that out. Uh, but I hope they do. And if not, and Howard's back to being just a fucking nuisance in the locker room, then, you know, they'll cut his ass or trade him. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, like, I feel like Dwight fits seamlessly into Frank Vogel's system. They so need him, in they, my opinion. They do need him. So I feel like cutting him would be hard. And I mean, I don't know. I think it was just two guys, like, 
working shit out. I mean, there's no other Beefing way to a say, bit. you know, like Dwight's probably is definitely more of an intense guy than AD is. So AD probably, you know, I don't know though. It's just what happens when you play professional basketball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's grown men in their workplace. Yeah. But, but, uh, let's go ahead and move on to another game that was fucking wild on the second night. Yes, indeed. Arguably wilder than any of those first two matchups. We're talking about the Boston Celtics and the New York Knicks in their season opener. Sheesh. My God. Like, this I, is... I'm full disclosure, I didn't watch until the uh, towards the end of the fourth quarter, and then, of course, the double OTs. I started out watching that game, and it was like they both just went on a run back and forth. It was, the whole, it was that way the whole game. Jalen mm-hmm. Brown was absolutely taking over. Like... It is incredible the growth that he has shown as a three-level scorer because this guy legitimately is hitting bombs from range, set, setting himself up with almost no like screens in isolation. Like He can hit the mid-range extremely well. He's excellent at driving to the basket. I mean, he's an athletic finisher, so he can usually get a dunk off or two. But the guy is a crafty finisher. Like I love JB. Like I really think that him and Jason Tatum have a very high ceiling together still, even though that, you know, how the last playoff run that they had didn't go extremely well. And like, but still they just, they're one of the best duos in the league. And last night or that, that game, a couple of nights ago, sometimes you just wonder like Tatum definitely gets hot and cold. So where did we put him? Because we did some player rankings not that long ago. Where do we put him around? Like 13 to 16 range? Yeah, I think it was somewhere around there. Um, and it's around that range where guys like... You can see where guys are truly human. Like, the guys in the top 10, they just have an automatic gear to them where they can just completely take over. But the guys from 13 to 15 have that ability but can't show it all the time. But I mean, that's not a huge, that's not a knock on Jason Tatum though, because the amount that he's of growth that he's had in a short career, arguably better than Brown's. I mean, I feel like a lot more people have faith in Tatum than they do Brown. Yeah, I think Brown gets a little bit underlooked at times. Uh, obviously, he's gotten a lot more respect within the last like year and a half, but Tatum's always kind of the 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 focal point, obviously. Uh, they are they are a pretty solid duo in my opinion. They've been through a lot. They have a lot of experience. I've said that before. For guys at such a young age, they've already had so much playoff experience that as they really come into their own and find their game and come into their prime, that experience mm-hmm. is really going to pay off. And and we might be seeing you know even more of that this season in terms of their their growth. Last last year, Brown took a huge huge leap forward. Um, something that I am concerned about them in terms of the playoffs, though, is like I feel like they rely on hero ball too much. But they're elite at it. You know what I mean? Like when guys are elite at hero ball, you can success or safely place the trust of your offense into that. And like these guys are two dynamic wings that are able to create, unlike really any other players of their position, maybe, I mean, like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, um, LeBron James, obviously for the forward position, but Kevin Durant, like 
that's the list. You know what I mean? Like they're up mm-hmm. there, not better than, but up there with those names. So, I mean, see what I was going to say about them in the playoffs is hang, now it's hang time on real for quick, them. bro. Jalen's 25 and Jason's 23. They got time. Jesus. Oh, they lost by 32 points. Oh, my God. Six points per game. Oh, my God, Terry. You're fucking letting me down. Sorry, man. Dude, I was talking so much gas about Terry Rozier, and you know what he's averaging? What's that? Six points per game. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's three games in. Well, he's only played one game and he only played 23 minutes. So mm-hmm. speaking of which, we were just literally, I at least was literally raving about Jalen Brown. But in that moment, I just saw that he put up a three for 13 game and a 32 point loss to Toronto the other night. Mm-hmm. My God. Well, you know, I mean, this is the ebbs and flow of the season, though. True, but that's just And it just started. He looked on 16 of 30 from the floor when he had 46 points. Like, who else shoots that efficiently besides, like, Kevin Durant, you know? Like, only Jalen Brown can have that kind of game. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. That's so much gas for him. But 8 of 14 from 3... Eight free throw attempts, so he was getting to the line. Nine rebounds, six assists. Then this next game, nine points, five turnovers, four assists. O of seven from three. Absolutely cold, and he only played 28 minutes. Well, let's remember that they fumbled the bag in OT as well, double OT against the Knicks. No, the Knicks were just on one. I feel like... I mean, granted, yeah, that I feel like... uh, Tatum actually kind of took over late in a way that I felt was a little bit disrespectful to Jalen Brown because Jalen was absolutely killing it out there. And Tatum all of a sudden just took like three clutch shots in a row. And like two of them weren't good looks at all. You know what I mean? It was wasted Mm -hmm. possessions. Yeah, especially like that one, like he tried to hit like a turnaround fade on the baseline. Yeah. It was just a bad shot. Real bad shot. And he took so much time to do it too, like 12 seconds size up and stuff. And then like, Mm -hmm. it's just like, oh my God, man. Yeah, wasted time for sure. But let's talk about the other side of the tape here. The New York Knicks, what are you feeling like you saw from them that impressed you? Fournier's a nice piece for them. He's nice, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, if he can hit shots like that, <laughs> that's playoff, the question. That playoff the mo- question. moments for them. Uh, I don't think much has changed for uh, Julius Randle. I think he's still relying on the know. same the same bullshit, in my opinion. Uh, but that is what it is. We'll see. I mean, I, I just watched that little bit of them, so I'm not 100% certain on any of this. Uh, mm-hmm. Kimba Walker, I would say, is washed. <laughs> Wash, I'm not afraid I, to say that. Oh my gosh, man. We're not going to promote him to bum status yet. I'm too afraid because Kemba will... I was watching that game thinking, you know what? Kemba will score at least 29 points in one, in one game. Like, mm-hmm. he's not completely washed. He's going to be able to turn it on. And then it's just a matter of health, I feel like. Because mm-hmm. he'll regress probably back to what? Like 18? But for the Knicks, that's amazing because he can create his own shot. I don't know. He's just... I know. It, I think it's a liability. It, it looked rough. And especially in overtime, they had to pull him. Yeah, they put Derrick Rose in. Yeah, they finally put... They let Kemba Walker play like eight more minutes than he should have. If mm-hmm. Derrick Rose would have been out there, the Knicks would have sealed the game. Because mm-hmm. Derrick Rose... Derrick Rose had that there. nasty little floater off the glass. Yes, didn't he? because Derrick Rose isn't going out there to mess around. He goes out there to make tough shots and layups and does it with no conscience. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. those little spinner... like mid-range turnarounds. Like, the Knicks could have used one of those in that overtime, even though that they won, you know? Like, Kemba Walker just, I feel like, extended their suffering a little bit because, I don't know, man. Is it time to buy in that Julius Randle is actually good at making those shots? No. You and I had a lot of skepticism. No. He's got to do it again. I don't know. He's got to do it again. He's got to do it in the He's starting out. He's starting out. Oh, you're... H. Yeah. Hit in the playoffs. You couldn't hit that shit in the playoffs. They schemed him. Yeah. They just schemed him. That was it. He was the Knicks' real offensive threat. But just from what you saw of RJ Barrett, what did you think of that? Because that guy looks like he's everything Chris Dunn was advertised to have been like when he got drafted like three years. He's impressive for sure. Yeah. He he's got a he's got a career ahead of him for sure. Athletic wing that can definitely defend. He was picking mm-hmm. up Brown and Tatum, you know, mm-hmm. like I feel like if, if they can, if they try to trade for a superstar or something, he's going to go somewhere and make a difference. I feel like he makes a difference in New York already, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, though, because this little two man game between Fournier and Randall, that could be something like, yeah, they're like running. They're doing like little handoffs up at the elbow. Yeah, because Fournier wants kind of like and it's kind of like Steph Curry esque Draymond. Uh, it's more like similar actions though, not yes. as complex. Yeah, dang! If Tom Thibodeau was doing that and still demanding defensive output like that, you're right though. They need to prove it in the playoffs because they got starched. They got starched by the deepest team in the league. Yeah, that's what people are saying, man. <laughs> I've heard probably four or five podcasts say it. I'm like, mm, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> right? I know. I don't like, know if I can say that with a straight face. I'd have to look at Brooklyn if we're talking deep. I thought it was questionable that... I'd have to look at Milwaukee if we're talking deep. Yeah, Mil- Milwaukee just won a championship, and they kept, what, eight of those nine players? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Let's move on to that. Milwaukee and, and uh, Miami. What happened there? 42-point deficit. 
That is rough. Murders. Tyler Harrow coming out balling. Hey, he's kept his promise. That's what he was talking gas all offseason about how he needed another chance to like come back and prove it. And that's what he's doing. Didn't I have him a six man? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> you called him a six man and then he had 30 and 10 off the bench. Literally trying to get a big beef out here as a 6'3 shooting guard. I think I did. Pretty sure I did. I'm trying to look back at my picks, but I know I changed it spur of the moment. If not, he's going to be impressive. He could be a candidate for a sixth man of the year. You know, it's something that he said after that game, too, is that he's never had a uh, point guard like Kyle Lowry on that team to set him up. Kind of a slight Ooh. to Goran Dragic, but you know what I mean? But like, it's Kyle Lowry, though. Yes. That's not a slight. Kyle Lowry is just a next-level facilitator. Right. Like, so, I mean, that connection is going to be real. Miami's going to be good, dude. I've been saying that. We've been saying that. Mm-hmm. I and know, Miami, like Miami could legitimately beat the Bucs in a playoff series. I, I don't know. Because, well, let's look at the, the rundown here. Giannis, 4 of 11 from the field. So he had a pretty bad game. Shooting-wise, at least. He had 10 rebounds and 2 assists, 3 steals. Okay, and, but think about that. So I didn't watch this game, so I don't know off the top of my head. Is that because Giannis just had a bad shooting night? Or is that because Miami played really good defense against them? and schemed against him and made those shots tough for him. And he wasn't able to accomplish, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like which, which one was, it? was it a combination of those two? Like, yeah, I don't know though, because obviously Miami is a much better post defense team than Phoenix, you know, like at some points, like it was a little bit of favorable matchups. Like you said, like Miami has the, the firepower to go chest to chest with Giannis mm-hmm. and all that post offense that they try to create. Like they're the guys that are going to be able to match that up. Like we've said it a million times. Bam is equipped for that. Like that's all Miami, Miami wants to get is strong perimeter and post defenders and then let the offense come naturally. Mm-hmm. And who's better at setting that up than Kyle Lowry. Right. Like, Jimmy Butler, 6 of 10 from the field, 21 points, 11 free throw attempts. Like, that's just... Getting Jimmy. to the line. That's just Jimmy. You know, that's, yeah. he was working. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining he's doing a lot of mid-range size-ups and getting right into a post-up because that's where he gets those, like, cookie jar fouls, you know? Like, he always gets guys reaching in on him. Mm-hmm. Or he's just one of the elite slashers in the league right now. And, like, it sucks that, like... I don't know. I feel like the media gives a lot more attention to like DeMar DeRozan than they do Jimmy because Jimmy doesn't shoot well from three and works in the mid and slashes extremely well. Can you imagine James Harden on that current team? On Miami? Yeah. Oh, they'd be... They'd be really Kyle Lowry, James Harden, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, PJ Tucker as a lineup. Brooklyn would be... Brooklyn would be so pissed. They'd be decimated. Because that's everything defensively that Brooklyn is not. And then they literally just let Harden score like, what, 36 points a game? Yeah. Jimmy gets like 21. Jimmy's there, to, Jimmy's there to get some points yep. and play defense. Jimmy's playing elite, de- buying in on defense while Harden just takes over offensively. Same with Lowry. And then Lowry's setting Harden up. <sighs> no, let's say in the situation they can only either have... Kyle Lowry or James Harden. 
in that situation, I take I still take James Harden. I know that's what I'm saying. Like you still take James Harden because that opens up that offense so much more. But okay. Kyle Lowry's showing out here, like mm-hmm. f- five points with a plus twenty two plus minus. Like that's Kyle Lowry, one of mm-hmm. eight from the field though. Yeah, the the stats aren't going to tell the story. Oh yeah, definitely for Kyle not. Lowry. But, but at the same time, like I agree with you about how close a playoff series between this team is going to be. There's real beef there between the two of them. Like Jimmy and Giannis, I feel like they respect each other, but at the same time, like, you know, there's some, there's some rivalry there and it's good to see. And you know what I'm hyped for is the next time the Hawks and the Knicks play together, because that's going to be a little bit of a shit show for a regular season game. Mm -hmm. That's definitely going to be a shit show. All right. So, Hey, Hey, real quick. Remember my uh, most improved player of the year candidate? <laughs> LaMelo Ball. Disclaimer. Oh, LaMelo Ball. Disclaimer. It's only, what, two, three games into the season? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Definitely. We're, we're making some hot, bold claims, I would say. Uh, and But I think some logical claims as well. But uh, LaMelo Ball averaging 24 points right now, six rebounds, six assists. Coming out hot, had a huge game. It was like 36 points or something like that. My God. I'm trying to find it here. Gordon Hayward's at 22.5 points per game. And we said he was going to go on. He was on bump status watch. Yeah, yeah I'm but trying look, to see these. Lamella Ball. 24 game. points, six rebounds. 6.5 assists, three and a half steals, 67% from three. Like, what is that? He's he just went hot. off, dude. I'm trying to he see is the hot. fucking. Here we go. Thirty-one points. Thirty-one points the other night. Against Indiana. Seven mm-hmm. of nine from three. Twenty-three shots. Most improved player of the year, dude. We'll see how it goes out. I think he's going to be good. <laughs> what happens? What happens if at the end of the year Gordon Hayward is nominated as like most improved? No, <laughs> <laughs> he keeps up the. I mean, I'm not saying he won't. I I heard he looked pretty good the other night against Indiana, but I don't think he'll get the look. There's too many young guys. Mm-hmm. If Michael Porter Jr. can step up, he's going to be getting looks. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Michael Porter Jr. especially. He had, like, what, 10 assists the other night, I'm pretty sure? Mm-hmm. Talk about, uh, have you watched any Denver at all? No, I have not. I knew that they were beating up on uh, Phoenix. Phoenix in their first game. Like, whoa. Like, yep. they came it, out of the gates hot. Can Jokic get the two, Pete? I don't know if the media would allow it because I feel like Jokic will kind of end up being remembered in history like Tim Duncan Mm. because he's not as flashy. I mean, he has the flashy little like, you know, left and right hand hooks in the block and like the float. His floaters are unreal and his shooting touches of big man is unreal as well. But at the same time, there's just something so like fundamental and sound about the way he plays the game. Like he's always keeping his head up and his, his vision open. Mm-hmm. So I mean, 
will the voting committee want that to be the face of the league for another season? Because I mean, Tim Duncan himself won what three MVPs? Yeah. Five, so, five rings. <laughs> maybe it's not out of the question for him, but I feel like the bigger question is, can Jokic keep up the production to garner that? Yes. Two time MVP, Tim Duncan, but I don't like, I really think he could. I would like to personally believe that outside of what I think the media was would say, because I mean, most of the time they get it wrong, but if Jokic is just able to keep this team competing at a high level, like they have without Jamal Murray, like how could he not, you know, he's literally the most valuable player to his team and gets them going in a way, unlike any other team in the NBA. Mm -hmm. They're, they're really interesting. Um, God last year, if they could have just had Murray, I know right? they're, they're in that finals, not Phoenix. What if, okay, let's, let's entertain this situation. What if this was the better path though? Because their growth was astronomical after that bubble run and making it to game seven of the second round against the Blazers, which they lost. But now they lost against Phoenix. Last year they did. Yeah, they got swept in the second round. But when Jamal Just Murray this past started, year. Well, like when they've really started coming up, though, they lost in 2019 to the Trailblazers. And oh, they okay. lost to the Lakers, who ended up winning the championship in what right. was a arguably an Anthony Davis buzzer beater away from being a very close series. Mm-hmm. And a Mason, a Mason Plumlee uh, fail. <laughs> I don't know. That was a well-defended play by no. Jokic. Jokic got the rotation on Davis. He was right in his face. Plumlee, Plumlee needed to rotate to Davis. Jokic was late because Jokic had to clean up the mess. That was a complete fail. God damn. That was a complete fail, dude. I, I don't be don't let Mason Plumlee slide here. That's a piece of shit. Well, maybe they should have had Jeremy Grant on the floor rather than Mason Plumlee because Jeremy Grant is three times the defensive player. But I don't know. Like the fact that Murray was out, which was a serious in- injury nonetheless. But I mean, I feel like he's young enough to where he can really bounce back and still look good. Like Zach Levine has injured his. ACL as well. He tore his ACL and we all know him as extremely, extremely athletic. Yeah. So I feel like Jamal, if there was a good time to do it, I guess it's now because everybody on their team knows that role. Now they don't have Aaron Gordon playing 17 games to figure out the offense. They have now Aaron Gordon that's played in a playoff series for them, knows what's expected of him and now can take that mindset into a season. Like they're getting rolling. MPJ, like you just said, is getting rolling as well. Like, he opens up their game so much more being a great shooting stretch for like, Mm -hmm. and now they got Jamal coming back, hopefully at 88% at least to come back and then works his way back into shape before the playoffs. This could really be their chance to make a big hit like Mm -hmm. that. It really sucked to hear when people automatically, when Jamal Murray was injured, they were just like, is this the end of the nuggets championship window? because they weren't going to keep up with that fire they had in the bubble. But this just this pathway has made it to where the role players are set. The other guys have been able to step up and know what's expected of them. And now to get Jamal back, that's only just going to help them even more. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, having, having Murray out 
I guess was beneficial in a way to to help their bench develop. You know what I mean? Given given yeah. the bench more opportunity there with Murray being out, you got guys like Facundo was stepping up, uh, Will Barton, PJ Dozier. Uh, so it's just it's interesting to see that we're going to see more of that before Murray comes back. Michael Porter Jr. obviously having to step up. Aaron Gordon, I think, is going to fit even more seamlessly with them uh, after giving a full season uh, to work with the the system and everything. Mm-hmm. They're just a really interesting team. They have been an interesting team for the past couple of years. Uh, I can't wait to see Murray back in that Jokic connection because, honestly, I always say Dallas is my second favorite team, but Denver's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Denver's I don't like know. right there. I feel like you like Luka a lot more than you like Jokic and Murray because Luka is just... Jokic is up there, man. <laughs> I, know. I know. Jokic is up there. He's just goddamn impressive to watch. I mean, that's what we want to be every time we step onto the court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the inspiration. That's literally how I try to play. But I'm not going to be shocked when the Denver Nuggets are looking at a three to two series lead in the second round of the NBA or the Western Conference semifinals. You know, like I peg them for the Western Conference finals this year. So. I hope we get a rematch. Lakers, Denver. Lakers and Denver. Okay. No, Lakers and Clippers or the Denver and Clippers because I think there's something there. There definitely is something there. On the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, but... That means the Lakers ain't winning, dude. Shut the fuck up. Well, the Clippers have been... uh... (laughs) Clippers are trash. They ain't getting getting past the second round. Let's see what they're... I feel like they're off to a bad start. Yeah, they're going to as well. They might even make the playoffs, dude. I don't know. They have Paul George and Paul George is in his prime right now. And he's probably going to drink too much caffeine and miss game seven. Oh, uh, well, he's he's grown since then. Fuck that guy. He's learned a lot <laughs> and made realizes he's made mistakes. Hey, uh, I had some questions in mind in regards to the opening of the season and everything. Uh, just kind of to get some get some feelers out there. Uh, if you want to zip through those. Let's do it. All right. Uh what team do you feel is most likely to overachieve this season? See, I'm just looking here for a target because I don't know. Washington looks like they're going to be somewhat of a six to eight range threat in the East. But is that really overachieving for them because they have Bradley Beal in his prime and then a literal plethora of role players that they can plug and play and figure out what works in their rotation and then maybe trade some of those guys, but (sighs) overperforming. Overachieve. Overachieving. What if it's Philadelphia? Yeah, because everyone's talking shit about them right now. I mean... Like Embiid just carry him to the promised land. Exactly. And that's why I had him as my pick for MVP because I think this could be a season where he does that and just locks in without Simmons. But the starting point guard now for the the Sixers is Tyrese, Tyrese. Maxey. And I don't know. I think that this offense is really kind of benefiting from having a point guard that can shoot the ball. Even if it is just Tyrese Maxey, who is an average point guard, you know, or shooting guard playing point guard. Like, 
Let's see. He's at 17.5 points per game, 48% from the field, and 37% from three, which is what they need. They just need somebody that's going to hit 37% from three on four attempts. Like, that's mm-hmm. not bad. And a guy not that can create his own shot around Embiid, like, that just that helps them. I mean, Thibel, I think they need to start him over Danny Green. I know Danny point. Green was looking pretty good the other night. That's that might just that's just opening season Danny Green. Remember that's just streaky Danny Green. Because <laughs> remember his the first King year with streaks. the Lakers. Oh yeah, Ugh, and he just against uh, against LA. We were at uh, Kelsey's parents. Yeah, and um, that's when everybody thought that the LA, Los Angeles, and uh, the Clippers rivalry is just going to be even more boosted that it was going to be the Western conference matchup. And Danny green comes out here and hits like what it was like eight of 11 threes that mm-hmm. night had like 29 points. That was, was just two ridiculous. seasons ago. Exactly. But like, yeah. that's what Danny green's doing right now. He's just catching that same opening season win. he's averaging three points looking nice. <laughs> <laughs> Some would yeah, say he's never looked worse. <laughs> he hit like two threes Ooh. the other night when I was watching him. Two of six, though. That was it. Two of six in 22 minutes. 0 for 1 in 18 minutes against the Pelicans. Zero points game one. Six points game two. Five mm. personal fouls and three personal fouls. I think they were playing Brooklyn the other night. So, And he hit like two threes in a row. Uh, so I guess my team that I would say that's most likely to overachieve probably would be... Hmm. It's tough. It's a tough question that I asked. Yeah. Because. Uh, Go ahead. uh, No, I wasn't going to say anything important. I'm just spitballing. I would say probably Memphis. Really? In a tough, in a tough Western conference. I know they made the play in last year in a tough Western and they made the playoffs actually. Yeah. Uh, in a tough Western conference, do they, I don't know, take a real contender to seven games or even make it to the second round somehow, some way? So John Morant just do something unworldly? Do, do all their young pieces just click and work together? There's a lot of talent there. There is, definitely. I think they're doing a great job building a young core, but let's take a look here. So they have Jaw, obviously, and then they have... Um, what's his name here? Dylan Brooks. It looks like he has not played yet this year, though. They have Brooks, and let's see. It says Justice Winslow, but I feel like that's wrong. Jarrett Culver, Brandon Clark, Kyle Anderson, Stephen Adams. I'm shaky on that. Jaron Jackson Jr. looks like he could really take a big step this year, too, because he wants to be a true, like, three and D center. Mm-hmm. Like, his three, his willingness to shoot threes is kind of crazy, and he just kind of catapults it, and he can make them. But I think Desmond Bain is really stepping into something beside John Morant, too, because this guy can really shoot. Bain is an awesome, just, like, off-the-catch shooter. He's at 20.5 points per game right now. 37% from three, 48% from the field on 15 shots per game. Great piece. 
Like that's that's something there. Like that's a serious that role Jaw. player. Exactly. Like, let's see what Jaw is at right now. You know it's ridiculous. Thirty-two point five points per game. Yes, sir. Twenty-seven <laughs> percent from three, but fifty-six percent from the field on twenty-four shots per game. Seven assists and four rebounds. Thirty-two point five. If Jaw comes out and averages like twenty-eight points this season, is he most improved? Oh, easily, easily. And especially if he bumps that three percentage up to like 33%. You know what I mean? And he's going to have to do that for them to overachieve, like I'm saying. Yep, exactly. But that, doesn't that just, these guys are just really hitting right now. Like, I want to see them knock somebody out of the first round and like be taken serious from then on. You know what I'd love to see, honestly? Because this goes right into who I think is going to underachieve. Phoenix. Uh Uh-oh. Phoenix, oh no. Grizzlies just knock him out in the first round. Take him to seven and win. What? Wouldn't that be wild? That would be, oh man. Oh my God. You are just, that would be one of the most perfect first round series. Like, let's say Phoenix goes as advertised in like the regular season, ends up like a three seed, and Grizzlies slip in there at the six seed at the last play in spot. Mm -hmm. And they just knock him out as a six seed. Like, oh, would that Seven not games. be prophetic? If that happens, I'm literally the goat. <laughs> what what would happen to Devin Booker? What if he's having like four for 19 nights during that series? That's what I mean. He's got to go cold at times. Yeah. And like there, Chris there Paul be, just is only some things have to break. Yeah. Some things have to break in their favor for sure. Yeah. Hard work and luck need to need to meet. But. Jaw, does he not just have Allen Iverson energy to him? He does. I mean, he just has he just has dog energy to him in Exa- general. Exactly. Exactly. And I just like that he's bringing he's a leader. To, exactly. That's why he's fitting in so well because that's what they need. They're buying leader. into it. Exactly. Uh, next question. Which player are you most excited to watch this season? See, it's hard for me to not say Jalen Brown now after seeing what he just did. Most excited? Like, like I'm pretty excited to watch him. But at the same time, I feel like low-key for me, it's Anthony Davis. Healthy AD? Yes. I know what you I mean. I want to see healthy AD just feast. Mm-hmm. And average like 29 a game, 12 boards, three or four assists. He's getting like 58, 56% from the floor altogether, taking minimal amounts of threes. Hitting face-up mids. Yep. And just working his way to the basket with footwork. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Doing those, little, so, doing those little baseline turn and uh, floats. Yes. I yes. love that shot, dude. That little so push shot on the baseline. Oh my god! Like when that's what I'm saying. He had working the other night was just those little those little flip shots he would make when he would just finesse around contact. Like mm-hmm. this guy just is an insane finisher around the rim, and that's what I want to see. That's what I would be most excited to see. Why would you not want to watch a Lakers game, like and see Anthony Davis at Staples Center? In the Black Mamba jersey, just going for like 36, 38 points. They're the lob, they're the Lob City Lakers with AD, DJ, and Howard. 
if DJ can still catch lobs, yes. And then you been. also have Russell Westbrook. Exactly. Russ and needs LeBron. to be catching lobs. <laughs> and LeBron, yes. And Taylor Horton Tucker. Yep. It's uh they just have yeah, they have high fly. I would say AD, I would say AD is probably mine too. Like I I just want to see healthy AD just murk the league and be an MVP candidate. I know because he's had a lot of shit talked about him over the last six months about mm-hmm. his ethic. You know what I mean? Just everything. Are, well, so many people were like, he just want, he got his chip and now he's content. Mm. I disagree. Like, I think so. Like he's hungry. He should be hungrier than ever mm-hmm. after getting the chip. He looks healthy too. Yep. And he just needs to get it, go- get it rolling and get it going because that takes any questions away from this Lakers team. Yep. Because then it's just falling into place after that. It's not forcing one guy to step up. It's Anthony Davis is the guy, and we all just get around him. And that's why the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers are probably going to meet in the playoffs. And the Western Conference Finals, dude. Let's get it. Uh, Conference Finals. Player you're least excited to watch this season. I feel like I've always thrown this amount of shade at Stephen Curry. Oh. My entire life. Like, I have done such a 180 on this man to where it is annoying for me to watch him shoot five of five from three in the first quarter of a game. Went nuts. Did you watch any of that? Mm-hmm. Went crazy. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. He was going crazy though, and I was just in complete disbelief because this guy, like this, you're least excited to watch it though. Yes, because it's just (laughs) because fuck Steph Curry. (laughs) Every time he's chewing on that mouthpiece, I want to punch him. I know, and he just he hits the most ridiculous of shots, and it's like he's always trying to shoot from half court when he shoots him. You know what I mean? So he just has that energy to it where he's just getting lucky. Mm -hmm. But this guy just hits size up threes and threes better than anybody in the league. And just watching him get it rolling, like he can go off for 50 whenever he wants. The greatest shooter of all time. Exactly. And this guy is just eating at this age because he took how many years of backseat to Kevin Durant and working into a team system where now the team is him and he's just firing. But... (laughs) As huge fans of LeBron, we just want to see this guy fail. <laughs> I know, exactly. That's the hard part because he's always going off against somebody and it looks so disrespectful when he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, like, he's fucking dancing horribly ex- and chewing on his fucking mouth guard and it's just like, God, dude, you're... Fuck, I hate you. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's just embarrassing to watch. I would say the player I'm least excited to watch this season. Hmm. I'm going to throw more shade at the Phoenix Suns. Oh, why? Chris Paul. What? Oh, okay. I just don't care. You just don't care anymore? I just don't care anymore. I don't blame you because... He had last year was his chance. It's gone. The window's closed. I I don't know. He's what the window 36 is this year? Huh? 
He's third. I think he's got one year left. But I just mean I, in terms it, of the, the the ring is closed. He's not. He's not getting yeah. the ring. In terms of what can be done for a championship for him, I just think it's impossible now because either it's going to take a season of Devin Booker really stepping it up, Miles Bridges living up to that contract, and um, DeAndre Ayton actually getting paid because that's what needs to happen. I mean, let's not. And honestly, last year was probably his most intensive and long playoff run he's had. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it is. It was him and Booker their first appearances. So it's like, I think I I think he gave gave it his all. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't see him doing that again, honestly. Th- well, that's why I think he needs to be paid because I think he has the potential to do it again. Hmm. I think he's over the hill. I don't think so. He's too young for that. He's way too young to be over the hill yet. He's still got six, seven great playoff runs left in him and the Phoenix Suns no. owe him a max. Yes! Easily. No. Easily. He's not going to play for six more years. He's got three, four years left in the league. So, to me, he is like a C-plus version of Bam Adebayo. What? Wouldn't you agree? How can you compare? B-minus? Because they're not even, what? Aiden is bigger. Aiden is bigger. Oh, you're talking has... about Aiden. I'm not talking about Aiden. I'm talking about Paul. Oh, I thought you were talking about DeAndre Aiden because I was saying why he needs to be paid. No, I, I was talking no. about Chris Paul the whole time. <laughs> How did Aiden get into the conversation? You thought I meant that Chris Paul had six to seven good playoff runs left. Yeah, because I, I was talking about Chris Paul. <laughs> Who brought up Aiden? You never brought up Aiden. Yeah, I did. I started talking about Aiton saying that he was owed the max contract because he's part of the core that needs to step up if Chris Paul is going to fall off this season. Mm. And that he was worth that. the max. I don't think he I, I don't think he's worth the max. I think they did the right thing. They're holding <sighs> firm. I just say fuck it, max him. They made it to the finals. You got to pay him. Because if you don't him, somebody else max. is. Then that's up to Aiton. You know, he's got to be willing to accept that he can just accept. I think, I think you need to see him do it again. Well, I mean, he's already come out and put eight, eight point and three rebound games as a center, but you wouldn't think he's a C plus version of Van Adebayo? Adebayo? Oh, that. Yeah. So I thought you were talking about Chris Paul, but yes, I would agree with you on that for Aiden. <laughs> there was a confusion there, buddy. <laughs> no kidding. You're kidding. Yeah, I, I I would say that's a fair comp, though. It's just the fact that seeing Phoenix fail in such a bad way. And what if we see something similar from Giannis, too? What if Giannis fails in the playoffs, like, horribly? No, uh, Giannis is going to be good in the playoffs. It's going to come down to the rest of the Bucks. It's going to come down to Drew Holiday. It's going to come down to Chris Middleton again in the big moments. Giannis's jumper is, looks even better this year. Uh, it looks way more smooth. Giannis is going to be this the same guy he was. Giannis Giannis is tapped in. He's he's awakened now, as if yep. he wasn't already woken up. He just got yeah. the ring. You know what I mean? Giannis is Giannis has got another two rings in him before he's done, at least. Damn, I think you're right. Easy. <laughs> he's got an easy two rings in him. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year so. or next year, but I. That's his ceiling, though. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, guys that... 
guys would like in 30, right? I mean, usually it's like 30, you're prime. Mm-hmm. 28. Mm-hmm. 28 and thir- to 30 is prime. Dude just got a ring before he was even in his complete prime. That's, yeah. It's just something else. It is something else because both LeBron and Jordan didn't do that. Right. He's got that on them. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, like... So you were saying that your least... Who was your least? Chris Paul. Chris Paul, yep. Okay. Yeah, that's about all I have, man. We just did about an hour. But yeah, uh, that does it for the opening week extravaganza here. Uh, on the dip podcast, we wanted to record on Wednesday, but we obviously weren't able to because uh, technical difficulties. Uh, we got that straightened out, had a few updates I needed to do, uh, got everything worked out, and we're back at it again. The blog is popping. Uh, mm-hmm. We got article, more article, or more blogs coming out this week. Uh, so stay tuned for that. www.thedippodcast.com is where you can find those. Um, what else? What else do we got? We got one more take. Oh, what a fun segment because you know what? This always challenges me. One more take is always the most challenging thing we do. I need something good. I need something with firepower. The Chicago Bulls will still be a five to six seed. They're vibing right now. They've got that preseason energy. They've unlocked a different part of Zach Levine's game, hopefully. Levine, yeah, Levine's game. But Levine uh, finally makes the playoffs. But what kind of what kind of impact do you see them having in the playoffs? You think they're a first round exit? First round exit, but I think they could give someone the, uh, a good run. Yeah. What if it's like Miami no, versus like Chicago? No, I wanted uh, Chicago versus Washington. Nah. That's because boring. Chicago could be. No, that wouldn't be boring because then that's Beal versus Levine and DeRozan. And that's a real chance for one of them to get some gas and advance into the second round. Like, See, I would rather see a- Levine and DeRozan versus Jimmy and Kyle. I just feel like Miami would start some though. I think I think to the point where Chicago could get two games. Get two? Yeah, they just get, get hot. Get two games and look really impressive in those two games. We're just gonna have to figure out what we're gonna see out of DeMar DeRozan for this team to be real in the playoffs. And, and he's playing small Vucevic. forward. Yeah, and Vucevic. And Zach Levine. Vucevic, man. <laughs> yeah. I know. The whole team really. Lonzo. Really. But not Alex Caruso. Fuck no, we know what he can do. He's a dog. <laughs> He's a dog. The Lakers shouts out to back. Caruso. Yeah, honestly, shouts out to Caruso. When's the when's the Caruso and like a Bulls role player trade for Russell Westbrook trade gonna happen? I would trade Taylor Horton Tucker for Caruso tomorrow. <laughs> I'm serious, dude. I really would. Uh, oh, I'm pretty sure like he has like that ridiculous so stat of being like the best plus minus player ever with LeBron James. Oh my god. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure it's something like that. It's something like a defensive point guard, defensive and lob threat point guard. That is so funny. All right, Ben, you got one more take. One more take for me. Anthony Davis. Okay. Putting up 30 points a game. This season? Mm-hmm. Real quick, real quick. Right now he's at 27.5, 47% from the field, and 17% from three. 30 points a game. He could boost it, definitely. He's at the right amount of field goal attempts, but he just needs to bump up his makes. Hit a couple more from three. He's right there. Literally. That's all yep. he has to do. Yep. I can see it. I see it happening. I'm telling you. That's why I said he was my number one player to watch get it rolling this, this regular season. Like, it's going to be something. Mm-hmm. And well, that does it for us here at The Dip. As always, download, share, enjoy, and write a review about the podcast on Apple, iTunes, I believe it is. Uh, that's where it counts. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the Dip Pod, right? Mm-hmm. And then on Twitter at Pod Dip. Of course, the website I already mentioned, Uh, We're going to have all those in the show notes as well. We appreciate you guys. We're ready for the season. It's going to be a great ride. Can't wait for the playoffs, as always, because you know here at the Dip, we like our chips with the Dip. So... I guess we're sounding like off here. The dip. We're sounding off. We're ready Go. for a full season because the next episode we're going to have coming up for you guys, next big episode that is sign and trade. Falling right back into it, throwing more signs and trades out there. Yep, for sure. It's gonna be it's gonna be epic. Can't wait for it. And last thing that needs to be said: go watch Dune. Go watch Dune, please. Tell us what you think. We out.